0: Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Today's topic is the phrase, that's not Aikido. I have to admit that this phrase bugs me, and it bugs me quite a bit. The reason is that it reflects an ignorant and even elitist attitude, and one which conveys a significant lack of understanding and experience. From what I've seen in the Aikido world, those who say this are not merely beginner or intermediate level practitioners. You can easily forgive those who are in the early stages of learning and do not yet have a high level of understanding of what they're claiming. What bugs me is when Aikido practitioners with decades of experience say it. They should know better, but some are passionate about it and even get upset that something is not Aikido. So let's get into this. Let's start with a quote from Morahayu Quote, the techniques of Aikido change constantly. Every encounter is unique and the appropriate response should emerge naturally. Today's techniques will be different tomorrow. Do not get caught up with the form and appearance of a challenge. Aikido has no form. It is the study of the spirit, Unquote. Think about that for a second. The techniques of Aikido change constantly, he said. Every encounter is unique. Well, what would make it unique? The unique part would be different attacks applied in different ways, feints, all kinds of different influences. So how could one ever say that's not Aikido because it's a certain type of response to a given situation or attack? Let me share with you an experience I had recently that's shown a little bit of light on this subject. Last fall, I spent some time with a Systema instructor. He gave me an interview of the art and its history. It provided an interesting perspective to Systema and I think all martial arts. If you're not familiar, Systema is a Russian martial art. Russia, in particular what used to be the Soviet Union, is geographically huge. As such, it shares borders with many diverse cultures, each of whom have their own fighting styles and flavors. Sistema, therefore, has different traits and characteristics because it needed to adapt to different martial influences. For example, in northern Russia, Sistema was heavily influenced by bare-knuckle pugilism that was popular in England and northern Europe that drifted uh, eastward. And the, the Sistema, therefore, was developed to deal with that influence effectively. Different adjustments were needed to deal with the other fighting styles, say from the Middle East, India, China, Mongolia, and Japan. Like any weapon of war, a martial art works best when it's tuned to deal with a particular threat. So how about we look at Aikido in the same way? How would we change it or how should we change it to adapt to a boxer or a wrestler or a kicker, etc.? Of course it will look significantly different when dealing with each of these types of attackers. So how best to do that? Each of these arts has built very reliable and proven ways of dealing with their best attacks. We should be learning those as a starting point. I'll get more into that shortly, but suffice to say that if we view Aikido as flexible and adaptable, then it will be well suited to many environments. And this is how I view my Aikido. Aikido is not the cup. Aikido is the water in the cup. When there's a different cup, there's a different shape to the water. No one has said it better than Bruce Lee, be like water, my friend. So how does this relate to the that's not Aikido statement? I think that the idea that of of Aikido being the cup and things either fit into the cup or they don't is the exact opposite way that we should be looking at Aikido or any martial art for that matter. This perspective helped guide me in my own training. I wanted to know the best responses to at least the favorite attacks of a boxer, a kicker, a wrestler, a jujitsu practitioner, etc. A good martial artist should at least have the good tools to deal with the most common attacks those arts use. It would be great to have full counters for each of them, but at very least you need to know how to avoid falling for their favorite techniques. A perfect example is a single or double leg takedown that wrestlers are notorious for. Leg takedowns work extremely well and are pretty easy to get success with. If you don't have an effective way to avoid or counter them they are devastating same thing with being on the ground if you don't train for what to do on the ground you will be helpless against someone who has even a modest amount of experience on the ground in the best of all worlds we would have the time to train all aspects of martial arts to the point of being expert level in all of them there just aren't enough hours in the day to do this though everyone has their specialties aspects of martial arts that they are stronger in than others There are many valid tools from all the realms of martial arts, any of which can end a fight or attack successfully. Kicks, punches, throws, grappling, joint locks, etc. You only need to take a quick glance at the online martial arts community to see how passionate people are in arguing the validity of their favorite tools while they argue against the viability of other tools, usually ones they haven't trained in. Of course, a technique or tool isn't going to work very well if you've never learned it adequately or trained in it. I'm also not saying that there aren't nonsense techniques out there, which have been cooked up by people who just don't know what they're doing. Certainly there are a well-rounded martial artist should take the time to train and get familiar with at least the most common techniques and attacks that other martial arts use. He doesn't need to become an expert in every other art, but should study what he may be up against and train on effective counters to make sure an attacker doesn't find quick and easy success. The first place to look for these counters is within the art itself. For example, Muay Thai has powerful kicks against an opponent's leg. Therefore, they must have developed effective ways of dealing with those kicks. So what do they use? That might be a knee check or avoiding by moving out of the way. We'd use the same formula for countering a leg takedown by a wrestler or a grappler. They obviously have tools for dealing with that very attack because they use so many of them. The second place to look for counters is to techniques which are not legal in that art. This applies to martial arts which are sport-based and who have a strict rule set. A good example of this would be a wrestler facing a boxer. A wrestler would be a fool to face a boxer within the boxing rule set. He would have a far greater chance of success if he shot a leg takedown and put the boxer on the ground, where the boxer cannot use his footwork or striking ability effectively, and likely has no experience countering or being submitted by a choke or a pin. A more subtle example would be how to counter a Muay Thai clinch. This is where one fighter clasps both hands behind the head of the opponent, and drives his elbow forward, which caves the opponent's body backwards and drives the head down. The most effective ways to deal with this are illegal in Muay Thai competition, one of which is to drive your opponent backward and back him up against the ropes or a wall. You can also apply a body lock and lift him up and throw him down. A main reason Muay Thai clinch is so powerful is that these counters are not included in the Muay Thai competition rule set. What if you heard, but that's not Muay Thai, coming from somebody who was applying a Muay Thai clinch on you, and you used either of the techniques I listed above to counter it? It would be a fair criticism if you were in a Muay Thai competition match. It's an entirely different story if somebody grabs your head and you need to defend yourself. In that case, you better know how to counter it effectively. Given how popular martial arts are these days, and how much material is available for people to see and emulate, It's beneficial to expand one's training to account for what you may encounter. Even simple things like being rushed and tackled need to be practiced against regularly. As you train these things, you expand your understanding. It should also expand the art. A solid martial art should not be left without solutions for how to handle simple and effective attacks from all manner of martial arts. I've long felt that the most effective martial artist would be the one who could quickly recognize his opponent's specialty and know what he was least prepared to deal with. He would be well-trained enough in that to quickly overwhelm his opponent with a technique his opponent had little or no experience with. This is easier said than done, but the principle is visible in how all martial arts evolve. They adapt to effective attacks against them, and in doing so, become stronger and more capable. The more a martial art is held in isolation and doesn't interact with other martial arts, the less effective it's going to be against them. Cross-training and testing our art against all manner of attacks is very, very important. The last thought I'll leave you with is this. Would you fault a 110-pound female for fending off a larger male attacker by slapping his ears, which could easily bust an eardrum, or kick to the groin? It would be great if size and strength were not an incredible advantage, but the truth is that they are. Almost all martial sports have weight divisions for exactly that reason. Usually the phrase, that's not Aikido, is used when referring to harmful techniques like kicking the groin. But can you strictly rule out ever using such techniques? I admit that if a 300-pound muscle-bound monster attacks me and se- or several people surround me, I don't think I would rule out flicking the eyes or kicking the groin just because these are not in the Aikido curriculum. My goal would be survival, and if I realized that if I was at a severe disadvantage, these techniques might be necessary for me to survive. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido The Martial Side and post a comment there. Your input and engagement helps podcasts like these stay around. Please support it by liking, subscribing, and sharing. Enjoy your training!